0: And welcome back to the Women of Influence podcast today Um my name is Kara. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, but we are in uh, the middle of our My Story series, and we've just bringing some incredible women into our studio just to share a little bit about their story. And um, I have not left one yet—not inspired. So today is definitely going to be good. Um, each series or each session, we assign one of our speakers a word, and today we're going to be talking about prayer. And um, our woman of influence that we are interviewing, her name is Ashton. She is actually on staff here at Influence Church, and uh, yeah. Ms. Tammy, what is her official title? Director of? Director of Prayer. Director I of think Prayer. Director of Prayer. How about that? <laughs> it's It seems fitting
1: that we're talking about prayer today. <laughs> so good. You know, um, Kara, it is so good to be back in our studios and... As you said, we're trying to bring a word around every woman of influence, every Mm -hmm. story. So we're in My Story series, and every woman has a story. And welcome, Ashton, uh, in being a part of this. And you know, you and I were talking prior to coming into the studio a little bit about your story and what brought you this far. Uh, We're not uh, videoing this particular one, but you've been in several videos here at our church. And if you have followed us here at Influence Church, um, you're a beautiful woman, and you you have a beautiful heart. And to look at you, I would say, she's a model. And then you would say, yeah, actually. She Is. Um, that's part of your story, and it's part of what brought you to LA. But let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about where's home for you, a little of your backstory, and then what brought you to LA?
2: Yeah, well, for me, I grew up in Owensboro, Kentucky, so super small town, very conservative there. we Everybody went to church just because it was the thing, to, it was the politically correct thing to do. Mm. And I grew up in a family that didn't necessarily have faith of their own, But yet, even as a child, I can remember being three years old and having conversations with God and talking to Him as if He was as real to me as my mom or my dad, but I didn't understand what that was. I didn't understand that that was prayer. I didn't understand that I was supposed to have a relationship with God. It just felt normal to me, even though it wasn't something I was taught. It wasn't something my parents brought into my life. It was just part of something I discovered really as a three-year-old. That's, po- that's
1: powerful, and I think just the fact that God desires a relationship with us all. He mm-hmm. truly does, and I think there's someone listening right now that maybe you think to yourself, I wish God did that to me. Well, He's doing it now. Mm-hmm. He's doing it right now. Right now, His Spirit is speaking, I love you, and I want to know you, and that really is part of what prayer is. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit now, coming, how how and why did you make your way across the country, to LA, California. What brought you here?
2: Like I said, my spiritual journey started way back when I was a very young girl, and I didn't understand faith. I didn't understand church. I didn't understand any of it. All I knew is that God has called each of us with a purpose, and He wants us to seek that out. And so all my life, I can remember up until the age of 14, just seeking out the Lord. Well, what does that mean? If I have a life What can it be used for? Because at a really young age, I preferred for God to just take me off the planet. And I didn't want to live a life, but God said, no, I've given you a reason to live and specific things to do. And so I was on a quest to find that. And I remember, honestly, I was watching the Dream Center in Los Angeles being built, And I was seeing the compassion that Matthew Barnett had for a specific city, and I started saying, Lord, give me a story that's worthy of being written of. Give me something that I can do that can make an impact on my generation. And for me, something that I had to be transformed in first was at about that same time, at the age of 14, I started going to youth group, and it's when I discovered truly that I was a sinner, if I'm being honest. I didn't understand that concept because, again, I wasn't taught until I got to church and realized, oh, just because I'm talking to God doesn't mean... I'm necessarily 100% giving my life to him. And so I understood at that moment, this is what it looks like to commit my life and my purpose to him. And so in that moment, I had a youth pastor that spoke a message to me, and he held a mirror in front of my face and basically just like slammed it across the wall and said, what you see in that mirror is not who you are. And at that moment, I realized that everything you try to define yourself with is meaningless. And if you keep seeking after those things, you'll wind up feeling worthless. And it doesn't matter so if you're in Christ or out of Christ, if you're seeking things that are worthless, you are not going to feel good about anything. You're oh, not no. going to be happy. So good. You're not going to be full of peace. And I wrestled with that, because I was like, I'm a Christian. I've walked with you all my life. And I don't feel complete, and I don't feel whole. And the Lord said, well, that's the crisis that the entire world's facing. Men, women, children, it's what we're being taught. An identity crisis is what's taking over everything. And so that day, I just took a step of faith. Like I said, after watching Matthew Barnett and getting a passion for Los Angeles, I felt the Lord say, if you're gonna take care of a problem on this mass of a scale and you're a single person, you have to go to the root of the problem and not work on the outskirts of it. So you can't start in Owensboro, Kentucky where they're already underneath the dynamic of an identity crisis. You have to go to the heart of the matter, which for me, I believe that is entertainment. I don't blame entertainment, but I think that we need to be a people that communicate the right message of what identity, worth, and value actually are so that a different message can come out of there. That is is so powerful. Okay, we have to
1: take a minute and just talk about this. This is too good. You know, I tell people all the time, until you value yourself, no one else can value you. So it's got to start on the inside. And, and now remember, we're talking about prayer because prayer is communicating with God. It's telling God what we feel, what we think. It's listening to Him. It's allowing Him to speak to us. You know, prayer isn't just us speaking, it's allowing Him to speak. And He's the one who gives us our worth. Mm-hmm. He's the one who gives us our value. He's the one who gives us our identity because He placed it in us at birth. So what do we do? We're at a crisis in our country. We're in a crisis in our culture right now. We can blame Hollywood. We can blame, you know, um, New York, L.A., some of these port cities, we can can blame people, but in, in reality, we need to start with blaming the enemy, who is the liar, and he's trying to deceive, rob, steal, and destroy. So what did you do from that point?
2: From that point when I discovered I play a role in this, and if this is a crisis that exists in the entire world, I have to believe that God's given me a voice no matter how small I am, no matter how small of a town I come from. God's given me a voice that needs to change something in society. You know, And I believe it's my responsibility, it's my fault if I continue to listen to the lies, if I continue to not stand up. Because I know the battle against the enemy and the Lord. I know the voice of truth and I know the voice of lies. And I take that responsibility. If I keep submitting to lies, that's my responsibility that I have to answer to someday versus learning how to listen and hear the Lord and act. Because for me, that's the biggest part in prayer. Most of us think it's about us. What can we get from God? What can we ask of God for Him to do for us? But in reality, it's about us being able to hear and respond so that we can actually do what He intends for us to do. That's that's perfect. I mean, that's the definition right there. I,
1: that's amazing. Okay, so you're, you're in LA. Um, you actually started kind of a, a ministry, nonprofit organization. Tell us about that.
2: So I started um, a nonprofit called Beauty Beauty.IM, which was the heart of everything I've said, and really focusing on... Um, We've worked with men, but also with women who are voices in the entertainment industry and training them what it means to be strong from within. So finding that beauty within themselves, which means stripping yourself of insecurities, stripping yourself of fear, stripping yourself of things that are hindering you from actually fulfilling what God has asked you to do so that when you're there and you're in your moment of influence, you don't lose it because you're so consumed with yourself or your weaknesses or your own desires that are only to prosper you and not to prosper God's kingdom and His purpose and what you're doing.
1: You know, it's really neat what you've said, Ashton, because you began by telling us at three years old, you began crying out to God and calling out to God. And one thing, if you've listened to us long enough, you'll know that I've said that if you go back to your childhood, you will find your calling and your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because God places that in us when we're young. Many of us just haven't ever discovered it, but there's something in us. There's something you did as a child, and that's what you were meant to do. And so that has evolved in your life, and it's it's really manifested and defined its life through prayer, um, itself through prayer in your life. And now here you find yourself at Influence Church and... Um, Many of you, if you have followed us, know that there's a mighty move of the Spirit right now, a mighty move through signs and wonders, through miracles, through prayer. Uh, We have a prayer wall here at Influence Church, and we're seeing people. It's really cool now that we have people actually calling us from around the, the country and even yet around the world asking us to put a prayer in our wall. And we're seeing, God, just like you saw at the Wailing Wall or you saw Jesus in Gethsemane or you saw in different places in the Bible, there were places that Jesus went to pray where the prophets went to pray. There's power in prayer, and there's places of prayer. And we have seen at this prayer wall, Matter of fact, if you've not seen it, we have words right above it that says, the prayer wall, expect a miracle. And you sit at that wall every day, nine to five, and people come in the church to have you pray over them. Can you tell us a little bit, and maybe some people don't really understand prayer, the power of prayer, how we pray. Take a few moments, because... You have been a prayer warrior for many years. Tell
2: us a little bit of how do we pray and how do we know that God hears our prayer? Well, I think the best way to know if God hears your prayer is to actually stop and listen because most people think prayer is all about talking, but prayer is really I always say it's an open-ended conversation. It should be as fluent as the conversation that we're having. I should take breaks to be able to hear what you have to say. And most people don't trust that they hear the Lord or they don't take time to hear from the Lord. And I think it's so important that if you're going to make the effort to seek Him out or to ask Him for something, that you give Him space because He never does it the same way. In anybody's life, He never does it the same way. Even in your own life, He never does it the same way because His purpose is through prayer, is to draw you into a deeper relationship. We have conversations because we want to deepen our relationship. And that's what He's doing with us through prayer, is taking us into deeper places where we understand His character. We don't just get what we want. We understand who He is so that we can step into deeper levels of relationship, but also deeper levels of faith and move to that glory to glory, which He always talks about. We can step into that. That is
1: so good. Okay, so here I am. I'm in crisis
2: mode, which... Is usually where we
1: start our prayers. Yeah. That's the truth. Most of us, you know, I was in the park praying the other day and I was walking and I really heard the Holy Spirit said, Don't wait until you need me to want me. Mm-hmm. And it was just like touched my heart because I think how many times even in ministry, people will come to the church, they'll come to God in crisis. And we're angry at God that we have the crisis, but it's the very tool that He used to bring us back. Mm -hmm. So many of us start our prayer life through crises. That's the truth. But but walk us through when we don't know what to say.
2: Mm -hmm. We don't know what to say. What do we do? And that's why I think silence is so important because, again, we think prayer is such a structured thing. We're trying to figure out how to do it, but we don't ever try to figure out how to have a conversation with someone we love. It just doesn't happen. And when you come into the presence of the Lord, it's okay to say nothing. It's also okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be hurt. And in our relationships, maybe with our fathers or past painful relationships that we've had, in some way we've learned that it's not okay to communicate certain things. Mm. And so we assume our God is the same way. But the truth is is God already knows everything. So what you neglect to tell him in his presence, he already knows. So it's kind of a waste of both people's time. He would rather you just come and be raw and vulnerable and real. And I know I I come to God in crisis and I can't say that I don't. And I met God in crisis as a three-year-old needing Him to respond to me. And I think that's the most powerful moment to actually use when you can be uncomfortable and raw and vulnerable and crying and upset and desperate for someone to touch you and then have a God that's not tangibly in front of us actually touch you, that's the experience of His character that you'll never walk away from. Yeah. And I think everybody needs to experience that in their life. So it's not a bad thing to start at crisis and praying for Him, but you just don't want to end there.
1: Yeah, that's so good. You know, um, we we hear about the Lord's Prayer, and many of us know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to pray the Lord's Prayer. Every time I pray it's more powerful to me. But, and we'll get to that in a minute, but actually the Lord's prayer was when he was in Gethsemane. You know, um, that's when he came to his father and he cried out. Mm. He cried out, saying, You know, not my will, but yours be done. But he asked that this cup pass from him. Even though He knew He had to come to be crucified, He knew He had to come to die, He still had a dialogue with His Father. Mm-hmm. And that was our Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. The, the model prayer that many of us talk about today is when the disciples came and they simply said, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm-hmm. So it has, it's not something that just we alone struggle with. The disciples mm-hmm. themselves that hung with Jesus mm-hmm. said, teach us to pray. And I think in my spirit, it's because they saw the power of... Mm-hmm. of prayer. Mm-hmm. They know that when he would draw aside, and for me, I've, I love to draw aside. I have my own war room, my own prayer room. I love to be alone. There's intimacy and there's things I have alone in, in that room that I, I can't share with anyone else. So I do believe that when he said, um, draw aside, and they saw him draw aside, and but when he said these words, and, and I want you just to talk to us a minute about it, when he said, our Father, recognizing authority, who he is, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it's already being done in heaven. There is power in prayer in us asking that kingdom come to earth. Let's take a minute for those that are listening who want to know what does that mean. What does it mean that kingdom come as in heaven, so shall it be on earth? And the power that plays in prayer.
2: Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I think this comes with perspective, because I think that we view those as two different things, that His kingdom come and His will be done on earth, it is in heaven. But you should be able to envision that here. God has made us to be visionaries, all of us, creative in our nature. And as we partner with Him, we should be able to see what is supposed to be, without having to have that tangibly in front of us in order to move forward in faith. We should be able to walk forward. If we are believing for someone's salvation, we should already see it done. I have someone I'm praying for for the last 20 years, and it's not there, but I see it as if it is. I live as if it is, and that's not foolishness. That's walking by faith and not by sight. And as Christians and as people who claim to be of faith, we cannot only live if we see it exist in front of us. Jesus never lived like that. And that's how he called forth what it was. And I think the disciples wanted to be able to walk and just know and trust him that it would come just like that. And I think of Elijah, who was a man, it says, just like you and I, he cried for rain and it didn't rain. And people were. Blaspheming God, people were turning against saying, How could you follow this God? Is he really going to do this? But Elijah was just like you and I, and he believed God would do it, and he did it. And I've always rested on that scripture that you can believe that if you call on God, he will do it. And you should not be moved if you have one failed answer. If you heard one thing wrong, that should not move you because you have the same relationship with God that Elijah did, that the disciples did. And even Jesus, he said, he made a way for us to be able to have that communication with our Heavenly Father. That's so good. That's so good. Well, well, this has been amazing. You have really some
1: great tools, some great resources, and concepts and thoughts. And as I shared earlier, you know, God really spoke to me this morning when He said, you know, Tammy, faith is believing so, and prophecy is speaking so. And you know, Hebrews eleven one tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of faith of things not yet seen. And your friend that you're calling forth for twenty years, you see him saved in the spirit realm. So that is Heaven to earth, it's done. And so, in in your prayer life, we want to just encourage you um, on as we discuss and kind of wrap things up here in the studio today. I'm sure all of you have something or someone you're praying for right now in your spirit, in your family, in your home. And you know, I really believe that kingdom does come. The kingdom has come. The kingdom will come. So I just want to pray right now, Pastor Kara, as I just close and then you wind down. I'm just going to pray right now, Father. We believe. Uh, we believe in prayer. We believe that we are to speak to see, to hear, to wait, to do. God, all of these action words are based on what we know already in this spirit realm. So I just want to pray over every woman, man, boy, and girl listening today that all of us have something that we're asking you for, that we're seeking and striving to know you better. So I want to pray right now, Jesus, that you would come forth. And God, you would release, in the name of Jesus, answers, uh, that you would release faith, that you would release uh, patience uh, while we're learning in the midst of our wait, and that you would do what you, you want to do in our lives. We thank you that we can talk to you. God, I talk to you all the time. I don't, I don't doubt that you hear me. And you release in your perfect time the answers uh, with which I ask request. So God, I just want to thank you for what you're doing right now through Women of Influence, through this church, through this ministry, through this prayer wall. We pray for more healings. We pray for more miracles. And God, for your glory and your honor, uh, that your name would be magnified in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. That was so good that was an awesome series. Um, for those of you that are listening, I, um, I definitely want to emphasize the fact that, or the point that Ashton rested on. Um, you, you got to be persistent. You got to stand strong, even if, you know, after this podcast finishes and you, you pray your first real prayer, even if, um, the answer doesn't seem to be a yes, doesn't mean your prayer didn't work. Um, that's something that I struggled with when I was starting to pray. I was like, in the Bible, it says if I ask in Jesus' name, I'm going to get it. And I'm pretty sure I prayed for a pony 17 times in <laughs> Jesus' name, and I never got it. Um, but it's it's that constant reminder, let your will be done. And as soon as our prayers align with the Father's will and exactly what He wants, then the answer will always be yes, because the desires of our hearts are going to be His desires for us. Um, so I definitely want to encourage you. I'm going to echo what Pastor Tammy said, just challenging you. Um, prayer is simple. Start today. At The bottom line is uh, God's our daddy. So why shouldn't we speak to him the way that we would our parents? Why wouldn't we come to him when we, we need a hug if we've had a bad day? Why wouldn't we come to him if our, our heart's been broken repeatedly? Um, no issue is too big or too small. And um, I think it was in one of your books, Pastor Tammy, you mm-hmm. said um, something to the lines of God can right all of the wrongs in your life as easily as he can move a pen across a page. Nothing is too big or too small for our God. So be encouraged, ladies. You're not alone. Uh, prayer is definitely the answer to a lot of things, and it's powerful. If, um, if you're not quite sure how to pray or you want to partner with somebody in your prayer, come see us at Influence Church. Ashton is always at the prayer wall, except when she's at lunch Girls has got to eat. Um, but we want to partner with you in prayer. We want to believe for the same things that you're believing. Um, check us out at womenofinfluence.today, um, our Facebook page, all of our social media handles. Um, there are women out here who are believing for the exact same things that you're believing, and you're not alone. And at the end of the day, God's got you. Don't be afraid to ask for things. And um, we're going to see you next time, ladies. This This is not the end. We have more stories to share. We have more women to learn from. It's definitely an exciting season to be a woman of influence. And I know that everyone listening is definitely on their way. We'll talk to you guys soon.